The following podcast on the WDKX Podcast Network is provided by Vision Automotive. We are 103.9 WDKX. Good morning, Rochester. You know, we have the Check Your Health segment with uh, sponsored by the University of Rochester with Dr. Sean Nelms. Good morning, sir. Good morning, dear site. It is holiday week. Yes, it's yes. Good to be here. We're counting down to the uh, new year. That's right. That's where it's almost here. It's almost here. And this is a week that's important for all communities because we are with our families. We are taking care of, uh, of the elderly and our young. And so today's conversation is about just that. We are joined by Dr. Medina Walpole from the University of Rochester's Chief in the Division of Geriatrics and the Director for the Aging Institute, as well as Arlene Wilson, the Senior Director of Programs at the Alzheimer's Association. Now, I got to tell you, today is Kwanzaa's Ujima principle, yes. which is collective work and responsibility. And so in the spirit of Ujima, it is important for us to share each other's um, uh, knowledge and information so to improve the entire community. And I think something we don't talk enough about are the aging. And we know as healthcare improves, people are living longer, and it's putting a lot of uh, pressure on uh, those in that 30 to 50-year-old range to take care of their elderly or aging parents. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. But how do we do that? What signs we look for? And where, where are some resources in the community to help us be better in that department. So, again, we have Dr. Medina Walpole and Arlene Wilson with us this morning. Well, I, I got questions I want to ask the two of you. So, when you're talking about, you know, um, the older population getting older and, you know, you have a lot of older people um, to suffer from, you know, different illnesses. And I would like to know, like, just off the bat, what is the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's? Okay, well, I'll take that. It's Arlene Wilson. So dementia is kind of the umbrella term for memory loss, okay? So it might be problems solving, you're not that great, um, and it's impacting your day-to-day life, okay? Um, Alzheimer's is a more specific aspect of dementia, and you have a progression where you're forgetting, it's more than just forgetting the keys. It's forgetting how to start the car. It's forgetting your way home when you're in the car. It's forgetting your children's names or your spouse's names. And it degenerates to a point where you're losing your uh, motor control and you're losing the ability to swallow. And it is fatal. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, if there's uh, people out there that's listening that's dealing with a family member that has this, um, what resources are available? There's lots of resources available. Um, The Alzheimer's Association has educational workshops in person and virtual about the signs of dementia and also how to deal with different types of dementia. So there's Lewy body dementia. um, There's frontal temporal lobe dementia. So like if you know Bruce Willis from the Die Hard, he's got frontal temporal, okay? If you know uh, the gentleman who plays Thor, in all the Marvel movies, he has Lewy body dementia, hmm. okay? And so um, it's very prevalent in the African-American community, and that's one of the reasons I uh, appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk about it. African-Americans are twice as likely to develop Alzheimer's uh, compared to the general population, and Latinos are one and a half times uh, more prevalent uh, to develop Alzheimer's than the general population. So we've got to learn about it and learn how we can manage it. So I, I tell you, so one of, the, one of the, the purposes of this show, Check Your Health, is to bring community resources like Dr. Arlene Wilson with the services provided at the University of Rochester. And we have you know, several uh, departments that, that deal with, uh, with aging 
And we are so blessed to have Dr. Medina Walpole here with us this morning. And, and tell us a little bit about what we do at the University of Rochester to support community-based um, initiatives, but also in our research and practice at the university. So at the University of Rochester, I run the Division of Geriatrics, which is a very robust division. We care for patients across all sites and across the entire community. That includes in the hospitals, in the community's nursing homes, in the community's assisted living facilities. We also have very active outpatient clinics where we provide assessment of older people for their conditions as well as memory care. So there's a division of geriatric psychiatry as well to help and work in concert with Arlene and her colleagues in the Alzheimer's Association. With regards to community outreach, over the last several years, we've built the University of Rochester Aging Institute. And what we discovered is there was all these pockets of an interest of aging and geriatrics across our entire campus. So bringing it under one virtual roof, we now focus on education of our community, education of all the healthcare workers. So we have a pretty large division, but we're not able to care for the you know 58 million people who <laughs> who are older adults across our United States um, in, in any city. And so what we're trying to do is really train the professional workforce, which includes staff in the hospitals, in the nursing homes, and also the caregivers. We also have groundbreaking research going on the basic science, looking at how people age, how and why we age. You know, as a geriatrician, I care for people at the other end of the spectrum when they're older, but we we now, we know that aging begins at birth, and so we have investigators studying if we can actually um, figure out how to slow the aging process itself. And if and when we do that, we would be able to slow a lot of these illnesses that come with aging, such as dementia, such as arthritis, such as cancer. So since you say that, because I think sometimes you hear aging, you think of like someone old and decrepit and can't move, but aging is a natural process. Like things change. And my mom's going to get me when she listens to this podcast and I share this. So uh, this past week we had Christmas Eve and, and a couple of things happened that we noticed. You know, my mom's hearing isn't as, as great as it was when she was younger, but then again, nor, nor am I. Um, uh, I noticed that, you know, we were up during the 12 days of Christmas and she got a little lightheaded and had to sit down because her sugar levels were off. And so she's like, you know, I need to sit down and, and, re- and relax, recoup. And there are a few other things, too. And I'm sitting there and we're all my, myself, my siblings are saying, man, mom's really, really starting to age a little bit. But we didn't want to talk about it from a deficit mindset, but more so from a supportive one. So what advice do you have for people who are watching um, their, their parents age um, and, and trying to figure out how to best support them? without being overbearing or making them feel like, you know, they're one step on the other side of life. Or they lose their independence. That's right. That's right. Right. And and I think that's what we're about. Our our institute and our university is about vitality and aging. And so we didn't choose healthful aging or successful aging because as we age, we're going to age with chronic illnesses. And so older people may have four or five, six chronic illnesses, as you've described Uh with your mom, Sean. And that doesn't mean you're not successful nor healthy. And so I think if we can address things, a lot of what we do is prevention, right? So if you're noticing your mom has hearing loss, in a gentle way, talking to her about that, nobody wants a hearing aid. Oh, Number uh, one, they're me. expensive. <laughs> and But, you know, there there are hearing aids that cosmetically can look okay. Yep. But, but again, there's things that we can do to adapt our environment. So in a very loud environment, it might be hard for your mom. Mm-hmm. So it might be better to have gatherings in the home rather than going to a loud, a loud restaurant. But I think being proactive, I mean, we're, we don't want older people to be viewed as being sort of weak and, you know, the term elderly mm-hmm. that everybody thinks of. We're really talking about how we can embrace aging and really age successfully and with vitality. And that starts at our age. Mm-hmm. So once you are older, you're going to have medical illnesses. And the idea is 
you know, our body changes and so our healthcare needs are going to change and things become more complex. And often that's where the role of a geriatric expert or a physician trained or a nurse practitioner trained in geriatrics comes into play because we can look at the big picture. We have a very holistic view to older people. So I'd like to ask, uh, so who needs a geriatric health professional? Okay. Can I, can I just jump yeah, in real yeah, quick? Yeah, So if you are seeing the signs of dementia and Alzheimer in a family member and, and there's agreement with your siblings, whomever, the next step is to get an official diagnosis to be able to treat it. You need to go to a geriatrician to get that diagnosis. It's not something a family practitioner is going to be able to do. Okay. And uh, now back to my question. Yeah, who needs a geriatric health professional? So a lot of people come and they say, I want a geriatrician. And, and here's... Here's a fact. There nationwide are 7,300 geriatricians, mm-hmm. all right? And there's 58 million older people mm-hmm. over the age of 65. So in Rochester, we have a lot of them, but we're not going to be able to see everybody. Hence, trying to train everybody in our medical school, and our nursing school, in the care of older people. But when older people who benefit most from our expertise are those who have a number of diseases and disabilities, including cognitive or memory problems, often that is sort of the, the breaking point for the families where mm-hmm. they say, we need more help. It's also if you're a family member, a friend, or a caregiver, and you're starting to feel undue stress from the role that you're playing. You know, you can be a loving child, a loving grandchild, but if you're having undue stress and everybody, you're realizing the complexity of your loved one's care, that's when a geriatrician can help. I think often people go to so many doctors and they see all the specialists and you have someone managing the heart and someone managing the kidneys and someone managing maybe the diabetes, but no one really driving the boat and, and taking a very holistic view. All right, great, great, great. So so I, I know that there are a ton of resources in the community. Um, maybe, uh, Ms., uh, Ms. Wilson, can you talk about what some of the resources that you have and where to contact you if they want to hear more about Alzheimer's Association and some of the uh, services that you provide throughout the entire region? You're not just Rochester City. You are the entire region. Yes, we're a nine-county area, so we're all the way down to Horsehead, Chemung County, Steuben County, Ontario, so Geneva, Rochester, mm-hmm. uh, Mount Morris. We have an 800 number, which is 1-800-272-3900. And so that information, 1-800-272-3900 or alz.org. And we have uh, what we call care and support, but we have 24-7 counselors available to help you with the planning for your loved one, to help you understand what's going on. Um, Sometimes people with Alzheimer's and dementia, um, they get agitated around the end of the day, and they call that sundowning. Mm-hmm. And so your person might be calm and fine, and then grandpa now is throwing things, and he is loud, and he is aggressive, and you're like, what is going on? He was not like this two hours ago, and that's sundowning. So, again, we can help you with strategies of how to calm that person, how to redirect that person, how to keep that person safe. And for the University of Rochester, I encourage you to go to the Department of Geriatrics website. Yes, so either the URMC website, they have a new patient-facing website, actually, where it should be much easier to find a healthcare provider. If you type in, you're looking for older adult services, but also our Division of Geriatrics website lists all of our clinical programs. But again, we're all over the county, so some of us you'd only see if you were hospitalized, right? Some of us you'd only see if you came to our nursing home, but we do have outpatient clinics as well. Now, we're here with the uh, Check Your Health segment with the University of Rochester. Uh, we have Dr. Sean Nelms in studio. And um, 
the next question I would like to ask, what are the warning signs of Alzheimer's? Okay, thank you. It's a good question. So you're looking at memory loss that disrupts daily life, okay? So when a person has challenges like paying bills, sending the mail, um, confusion with time and place, right? So they may not know um, if they're down home or if they're in Rochester. Um, trouble understanding visual images. This is where we see the issues with driving. Um, I remember my mom, God bless the dead, but she would drive in the middle of the road, not on mm. the left or the right, but right down the middle. Okay. Um, I've heard stories of people who they get confused. They don't know how to get home, so they just get on a road and drive. Mm. And then they'll just stop at a gas station and say, can you get me home? So things like that. Uh, misplacing things and losing the ability to retrace your steps. So not just misplacing your keys, but um, you don't know how to operate the car. You don't know how to turn on the windshield wipers or the headlights. Uh, mm -hmm. You don't know how to open the electronic garage door. You don't know how to use the remote control for the TV. Um, and then the withdrawal from work or social activities. People who are very social and chatty now stop being chatty. They don't want to go anywhere because it's confusing and they, they can't mm -hmm. understand what's going on, so they stop going. And then you'll see the last thing is a change in mood or personality. A very outgoing person becomes very withdrawn. A reasonable person wants to argue and fight over everything because I'm not wrong. Somebody came in the house and stole the remote. I'm not wrong. Somebody came mm -hmm. in the house and stole my wallet. I'm not wrong. Somebody came and stole my car because I don't know where my car is. Wow. Now, yeah. uh, all right, so like when we talk about you know Alzheimer's, dementia, we normally associate it with the elderly or older people. Mm -hmm. What age can you develop that? Because you don't have to be an elderly person, right? Right. There's a what we're calling an early stage. So you could see that in the late 40s. Hmm. That's more of an exception than the rule, but usually most people, it's in the 60s. Okay. So that means if you, one of the, one of the uh, tenant you gave was a, an example was that if you forget to pay your bills. Yes. So if you're 25, don't be calling the, the, the credit card company saying <laughs> that you got Alzheimer's, right? Right, right. Because <laughs> right. you forgot. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's some great information. And um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to that? Um, just that, again, this is something, it, it's the holidays. And you talked about Ujima Collective Responsibility. Uh, collective Work and Responsibility, yes. Okay, so this is one of those points where somebody has to take point and be the responsible one. Some people will call it an intervention, some will call it an assessment, but if you're seeing something with grandma isn't quite right, or something with pop-pop ain't quite right, somebody's got to be the one to say, we need to sit down and talk about it, and we need to come together and figure out what we're going to do. You don't want to let pop-pop just go ahead, I don't want to hurt his feelings, he'll get mad at me, and now you meet because pop-pop fell down the stairs. Pop-pop wow. got hit by a car because he's walking around the middle of the night and he didn't know where he was. So it's more important to take a little bit of pain, be responsible. Maybe Pop-Pop won't be happy with you, but he needs an assessment. Maybe he needs to go to U of R and see somebody. Mm -hmm. And the family needs to talk to people at U of R and get some help and figure out what services are available. Now, you, Dr. Uh, Dr. Wapo, what is the age-friendly health system? 
So I'm really proud that the University of Rochester, both Strong and Highland, have achieved the highest level of certification as an age-friendly health system. Say that again. Say that again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let me, let me back up. So the age-friendly health system is a national initiative. And in fact, um, Governor Cuomo years ago said, in five years, I want half of all health systems in our state to be age-friendly. And what that means is we follow a specific guideline for the care we provide that is evidence-based, meaning we took everything we've learned over years and years of caring for older people, we brought in the most relevant things, and we came up with something that we call the four M's. So the four M's of an age-friendly health system are a package of care that should be delivered in every care setting in every visit. So what this includes, the first and foremost, is what matters to the older person. So we are reframing our visits from saying, what's the matter with you, to what matters to you, right? And nobody asks that. Nobody asks what matters to the older person and their family. So Arlene, when you're talking about someone, pop-pop, who's starting to have memory loss, what matters to him? What matters to him is his independence, likely, staying in his home. Mm -hmm. So if we ask those questions, we can better help him and his family achieve what matters to him, right? And we don't ask that, and we're trying now. Mm -hmm. The second M is mobility. So the ability to move, right, is so important. And if you're an older person who's hospitalized, if you have such a decline in your function that you can't transfer from the bed to the chair or the bed to the toilet, you might have to go to a nursing home for rehab versus going home. So being able to move is so important in being able to stay active. And all of these things tie in with mentation, Mm -hmm. right? So mentation covers what we've talked about with dementia, but it also covers depression, mood, confusion when people are in the hospital. We saw what the pandemic did with social isolation, Mm -hmm. with loneliness, with depression in so many older people. And so we have to address that and we have to ask them about these questions Mm -hmm. because that's really vital to how we all function. Mm -hmm. And then um, finally, there's medications. So if I asked every older person that I see in clinic, I I work at the county nursing home, they come, some people are taking 20 medications, like 20 medications. I think if we think how it's hard to just take one medication four times, three or four times a day. So we often, we call this polypharmacy, too many meds. And we, instead of prescribing more, we look at each medication and we might say, you can stop this, right? What I tell my patients is that, boy, you started this when you were 50, right? Well, now you're 80 and your liver and your kidneys are also aged 30 years. So you might need a lower dose or you may not need this medication at all. And so we really, we we try to align all this. And what's really exciting is Highland and Strong, we're rolling this out, but also we are the first dental clinic. So Eastman Institute of Oral Health cares for a lot of our community Mm -hmm. um, and their oral health conditions. And they are the first clinic in the country to be certified as age-friendly. So we're trying to roll this out through our regional hospitals, through our city, and really that's the way that care for older people should be practiced. Yeah, I believe uh, Eastman Institute of Oral Health will be our 20th and last episode on Check Your Health, because just for that reason, they're going to have a clinic downtown Rochester that's more convenient accessible. You know, it's it's interesting that you talk about those those four M's, again, the mind, mobility, uh, medication, and also focusing what matters to the individual. Because it's not something that we that we talk about much. And I think about the missed opportunity I had with my mom over Christmas Eve is to ask her, what matters most to you right now? And I know I can, for her it's going to be, I want to have all my grandkids at the house, singing the 12 days of Christmas, 
But I want her to also focus on his 364 other days in the year, not just that, that, that day. How can we take the next 364 to get you prepared to be able to have a joyous 12 days of mm-hmm. Christmas, you know, uh, a year from now? And, and I'm, I'm going to use those four M's in speaking to my siblings so that we can address the issues collectively and not shame her. Last week, Dr. Um, doctor, Mr. Wade Norwood from Common Ground Health, mm-hmm. he talked about having a team. A team mm-hmm. approach to your health care. Mm-hmm. Having all those medications means that some of the doctors may not be speaking to one another. Right. Do you have some teams associated with at the Alzheimer's Association um, that's, that will support uh, family members and, and those who are aging in ways that help them be informed and to be able to track and monitor uh, their progress over time? So we're working, well, first of all, to answer that, yes, we do have support groups. And we found that those are really critical. During COVID, we went virtual, like a lot of other organizations. And once we started having uh, support groups in person, there were several people said, please keep the virtual. We Mm. need that. Mm. I want to be home with my loved one, with my spouse who has dementia or Alzheimer's, and it's too hard to leave the house. So now they're still part of that support group. And now they're sharing those resources, what's available in the community. What are the strategies to help keep their loved one safe? And so that's part of the team. The other part of the team, and you had mentioned about the 4Ms, which I think is great, is that the children and grandchildren of people with dementia need to start thinking proactively. You may be a person and may be at risk for dementia. What are you doing to improve your health and to keep your brain healthy? So a new campaign we have is Heart Health is Brain Health. Anything that's good for the heart is good for the brain because the heart is about the circulation, blood and oxygen and nutrients getting there. And that's uh, important for the heart, important for the brain. So exercise is helpful for the brain. Eating well, those fruits and vegetables, the whole grains, that's helpful for the brain. Having mental challenges, not just puzzles and crossword puzzles, but maybe learning a new language. We were talking off mic about Zumba. Part of the thing I like about Zumba, it's a new dance routine, it's new steps. So my mind has to keep working to learn that new step. Um, You know, maybe take an instrument, join a choir. So now you're learning new music. What's something that you can do that's new learning for you? That all helps the brain. Now, you have um, people that take, that's taking care of family members that are suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times that takes a toll on them. And, you know, your support system can't be strong if your support isn't strong. Oh, and, and a lot of people, you know, sometimes feel as if they're alone, mm-hmm. you know. So if there, is there a number to give once again just, you know, just for resources and support to help the support system? Yes. Um, it's 1-800-272-3900. And you can call that number, ask for resources and support. One of the things that we have in our community, we're very fortunate, we have respite services. And that is when a person can come into your home and give you a break. Or you can take your loved one to a facility or recreation center and have some free time for yourself and some relaxation time. Give that number one more time for for folks so they can write it down. 1-800-272-3900. Well, Ms. Wilson, um, Dr. Walpole, Dr. Nelms, thank you again for getting this information out to the community. And uh, because, like I said, there are a lot of people that feel as if they're alone taking care of a loved one. And everybody deserves help. Mm-hmm. Even yes. if you don't like to ask for help, everybody deserves help. Yep, yep. Yes. And that, and that stress, I mean, I, I, again, we were talking off the air, DJ Sight and I, we, we both know people who are going through this as, as a caretaker. Yep. And they're struggling. Yep. And it's starting to impact their marriage. It's starting to impact 
their own health because they are so stressed with work, their kids, and now their parents or aging parents. And so I, I just encourage those who are in that situation to please reach out to the resources that were provided. Contact uh, University of Rochester Medical Center. You can easily sort on that website to, to get the type of support that you need for aging or for the youth. But, uh, but also tap into these Check Your Health segments. This is episode, I think, 13. Um, and there are a ton of segments that, that, that um, span across a lot of different behavioral health and medical health and mental health um, experiences and models. But just tap in. Uh, keep yourself healthy. Keep yourself engaged, and this is an opportunity for us also to learn something new. To your point, Ms. Wilson, this is check your health. This is an opportunity for the community to learn something new about our own health and how to how to care for others. So, thank you a lot. Thanks a lot, DJ Site. And if anybody out there that's listening that need those need those numbers again, you can either text the front lines at six seven eight one zero three nine or call in two 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 one zero three nine, and I'll get that number for you. Thanks for listening to this podcast on the WDKX Podcast Network, provided by Vision Automotive.